You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, Jeff was the first look over the top. And for whatever reason, we didn't think it was there, and it may not have been there. I mean, I'll, I'll go back and watch it. Um, and then Rondo, you know, isolated on a rookie on the right wing. Um, you know, I felt pretty good when he got the ball reversed to him. And, and, and again, give Joe Harris a lot of credit. He did a great job in that possession. And, uh, um, you know, I, I would have, you know, we, we were trying to, to just space and, and rip and drive and play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's I told Rondo that those those plays start with me and you know I'll be responsible for that one. Uh, I lost the ball. Lost the ball. Give him credit. They, they played good defense. I lost the ball and didn't get the shot off in time. Uh, I'm still getting accustomed to the rotations. Um, you know, there's a lot of different guys thrown out there. We, we play a deep a deep roster, uh, maybe 12 or 13 guys. So um, you know, it's nothing. It's we'll adjust on the fly and. We've got some pretty good chemistry. It's just, you know, we're giving up 100 points every night. So it's, it's not our offense, it's just our defense. Celtics blow it 122 to 121 to LeBron and the Cavs in a pretty incredible regular season game. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio in Celtics blog. All right, welcome to the Garden Report. My name is Jared Weiss. We've got Julian Edlow of CLNS Radio at WEI.com. And a newcomer to the show, welcome aboard Tom Westerholm Happy of Celtics Hub. Accidentally of Celtics blog, according to his credentials <laughs> tonight. So we figured, why not just pretend he's on Celtics blog? So welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, sir. It's fun welcome. having you on Thank for the you, first sir. time. You already had the plaid uniform on. You're clearly fitting in pretty well already. I took it from um, the starters. Yeah. So we're going to go to you first, since you think you're Taz Mellis tonight. <laughs> so... I want your hot take on that last play there. Rondo dribbles the ball, loses the ball, up fakes, takes a shot, but it's like a second after the clock's already gone. What, what did you see happening there? Uh, a lot of things. It was uh, it was a breakdown just basically of everything, uh, everything that Brad Stevens clearly tried to draw up. Uh, it looked like uh, Jeff Green tried to get a back pick that didn't work. Uh, Rondo got the ball. Jared Selinger tried to run a pick and roll. And it's it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to run a pick and roll with two seconds left in the game. So Rondo kind of pulled it back, you know, just couldn't get off a shot. He fumbled the dribble a little bit. Um, it was interesting. Uh, Stevens talked a little bit after the game and credited rookie uh, Joe Harris with a good defensive stop. It looked like it was uh, Sean Marion who actually who actually kind of shut the play down. Uh, it didn't Rondo, look like it was. No. <laughs> we'll go ahead and say it was uh, it was Sean Marion. But Marion played really good defense. Yeah. Uh, he he really just blew that play up and Rondo couldn't get the shot off. It was it was a tough way for uh, for a really good game to end for Rondo. Yeah, that was a good breakdown. We talked about before we went on here, 
about how much worse the play looked from up here where we were sitting, and then we kind of watched it unfold on replay, and it really wasn't as bad as we thought. Rondo legitimately kind of lost the ball, and then they got things going a little bit late. So, you know, it obviously could have gone better. Rondo could have gotten something going a little earlier in the clock. You never want to get the pick and roll going with two seconds left, but it wasn't as bad as we originally thought. Well, see, the thing is, so we we were sitting right where we're shooting right now. We were. And from this almost exact angle. And it looked from this angle that Rondo did have a driving lane around Marion. But because he lost the ball, he wasn't able to I think to kind of what, his back around. kind of shielded us from that fumble. I never really saw him fumble oh, the ball. I just yeah. thought it looked like he almost dribbled the clock out from up here. So yeah. that obviously wasn't the case. Maybe he thought they were that winning wouldn't and be. Forgot. That would be a bold move. Yeah. I but, think he actually considered taking a three-pointer, too. It looked yeah. like that was mm-hmm. that was the, his first thought, and then he fumbled it, and then it was it was just a problem yep. from there on. And he actually didn't even take a three-pointer in this game, which is yeah. kind of surprising because he was hitting them the game before. Yeah. Um, it, it, the weird thing for me was that Rondo lost track of time, and Tom, we don't really see that ever happen with Rondo. He's usually very acutely aware of the situation. He is quite aware of numbers, generally. That's kind of his thing. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a brilliant player. And when you see a brilliant player make a weird mistake, it's, it's just something, it, it, something feels off about the whole play. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was a mistake that, I mean, clearly if Rondo can make that mistake, anybody can make that mistake. It was just a weird play. So, yeah. no, you got a take? That's I want to hear your takes. That's it, no, no. takes. Only for sizzling. Okay, so he did go up against LeBron. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> but no, but seriously, he went up against LeBron. He wanted that challenge. He wanted to go against LeBron. We have so many. There's just so many great highlights of him covering Le- uh, LeBron over the years when he was in Cleveland, when he was in Miami. I mean, Rondo. What, what other point guard in the league wants to cover LeBron? I mean, you don't see that. Yeah. You see teams scrambling to find like really big twos or quick threes to try to cover him. And you have this six foot one point guard that. He gets out muscled, and that's an issue. And we saw that come to fruition on that second to last play there, where uh, he wanted to stop LeBron. He wanted to get in front of LeBron. LeBron just blew by him immediately. He had to foul <laughs> right. him. And the funny thing is, usually guys try to wrap up LeBron, and mm-hmm. he still gets a shot off. But somehow he managed to get enough hands on the ball that LeBron couldn't get the shot off. Yeah, I mean, total credit for Rondo for you know wanting the job on LeBron. That says a lot about him, no matter how the play goes. Um, typically, you know, Rondo's done a decent job with LeBron. He can stick with him in terms of kind of lateral quickness, but then, you know, it comes to size, height, and weight. You know, those things kind of come into play in the NBA, and that doesn't work out as well for Rondo. But you can credit him with he did wrap up LeBron. He didn't let him get the shot off, and LeBron went to the free throw line. That's not a total loss. It's not what you were hoping for, but, you know, it was... Regardless of how the play went, I think it was good to see Rondo step up and say, I'm the leader of this team, crunch time, big game, primetime player, and step up and take that assignment. I think that's true. I, I do think that it uh, it showed a little bit of, uh, I, I think he shouldn't have taken that on himself. I think that there were there were much better defensive options uh, than mm-hmm. Rondo. And I, you know, all the credit to Rondo, like you said, as a competitor, he's he's clearly just one of the best competitors in the league. This is where but Jeff Green should come into play, yeah. right? Jeff Green, even Brandon Bass, I mean, mm-hmm. any of those guys who are big enough to, you know, to, to kind of keep the body in front of LeBron. That's the yeah. problem. He's so strong. Rondo's very strong, too, but he's, 
you know, 6'1", I mean, and yeah. LeBron is just, he's just a monster. So you're going to struggle in that situation, especially because I don't think Rondo quite has all of his uh, lateral movement back oh, as a defender. No. And that, that's such a problem. You know, a little guy can, a little guy can get in the way. Um, he can, you know, maybe, maybe mess up the dribble a little bit, but not if he can't stand in front of him. And that was a problem. And the yeah. thing is, Rondo's good on LeBron maybe 30 feet away because yeah. he can get under LeBron's chest exactly. into his shorts and not let him get a comfortable dribble. But I think LeBron, LeBron gets by. I think LeBron was like at the top of the key when Rondo picked him up. And yeah. There's no chance at that point. LeBron needs two steps, one dribble at that point. So you're not. <laughs> took us, that's uh, where you need the muscle. Took yeah. us back to the days of Doc Rivers throwing Stefan Marbury on LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of that. I, I actually completely forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't that remember that. That's, that's, that's that really scary. That's that really did scary. happen. Okay, so really quickly, last 30 seconds here. LeBron, 41 points. He had seven assists, which is a huge game. I mean, Julian, how good was LeBron tonight? Did he break out of that slump that's been that's been plaguing him pretty much the entire year so far? Uh, 16 for 27 shooting for 41 points will break you out of a slump. <laughs> he was ridiculous tonight. He took over the game in all the ways that he needed to take over the game. He got to the free throw line late. He hit big three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Seven assists, got his teammates involved. Uh, he did miss a big free throw, I guess, can be the only knock on him, but the Cavs got the win, so LeBron was the player we expect LeBron to be. Absolutely. I think uh, I think we've seen this season, we've, we've seen him struggle a little bit, but I, I wonder how much of that was him just trying to get his teammates involved, yeah. get the offense going. And tonight, I think he, I think he really, honestly, I think he really wanted to beat the Celtics. Yeah. I think that was a thing that he he's kind of set his mind to and decided he was going to do. It's apparently still a rivalry, even if yeah. only one team is really competing for the title. Yeah. So part two, we'll come back. We'll talk about Kyrie Irving's incredible second half, talk a little bit more LeBron, and then talk about Kelly Olenek, who kind of the best player on the team right now maybe at least from an offensive kind standpoint. of maybe <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it part two coming on up clns radio celtics blog this is the garden report we'll be right back with you no um like i said it just came from uh you know i started attacking uh, a little bit more uh, you know started looking for my shot a little bit more um you know coming off that pick and roll I, you know they were a little they were a little soft uh, you know throughout the three quarters but we were getting shots that we wanted and they were great shots um, but, you know, fourth quarter was just, you know, my time to be a little bit more aggressive uh, shot-wise. And, you know, like I said, shots were falling. Guys were setting great screens for me. One point not good enough. You know, it is what it is. I mean, there's no, there's no moral victories. We can't talk about learning. We've got to just get, we've got to get better. We've got to do it. And, and I think that that's where we all are. And we can't get frustrated with it. We can't, you know, lose sight of the fact that we're eight games in and not 70 games in but the good news is there's you know there is a belief growing um but it's got to be rounded out Kyrie made some shots LeBron made some shots that's what great players do and uh I don't know it's just it's like the same Redundant question. Like, over and over and over again. So just, at this point, it's, there's no, there's no answers. You just gotta win. Uh, just doing whatever's needed. Uh, felt like my number was called. Um, you know, just to be aggressive, make plays out there, and uh, you know, just making the right plays throughout the, the whole entire game. Just uh, on the defensive end, trying to be into my man, and offensively trying to put guys in spots to be successful for our team to be successful. And, uh, you know, four quarters, shots started falling. Um, guys started finding me and setting great screens. And they started to drop. All right, we're back for part two. Let's open up with Kyrie Irving, who had a monster second half. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Just, I, I don't have a question for you. Just talk about Kyrie Irving. 
Uh, Kyrie was great, obviously. Uh, you know, the, the Celtics, they tried to throw Avery Bradley on him, which is generally, a, you know, it's a pretty good matchup. You know, you like, yeah. to, you like to have Bradley on uh, somebody like Irving, like a scorer like Irving. And, uh, you know, he, I, thought he, I thought he did pretty well, honestly. Irving was hitting shots. That's really as simple as, as you can put it. You know, some of those threes, they were contested. Um, he, was right up in it. he was right up in his space, and Irving was just knocking down shots. I did think Bradley got a little frustrated. He had a frustration foul kind of, you know, behind the three-point line um, that gave uh, Irving three free throws, and that was really damaging. That whole, that whole sequence was really damaging for the Celtics. But all in all, I think uh, it was just a matter of a really great shooter hitting shots. And the thing is, Kyrie sometimes becomes unstoppable. He's one exactly. of the few guys in the league that you can get, you can do whatever you want. You're not going to stop him, especially when his three's going. Yeah. I mean, Julia, we saw him both getting in the break and getting the three-point shot going. And he, he really, I feel like he scored from pretty much everywhere. And he had the confidence to take that shot, that second-to-last possession there, where he tried kind of a floater off the top mm-hmm. of the glass, and he missed that shot. I was kind of surprised at just the way that it was going for him. He figured the momentum was going to yeah. have it so that he would hit that fateful shot and it would end the game right there. Yeah, he played great. He shot the lights out. I thought the three-pointers in the fourth quarter were probably the biggest thing, considering you know they were down by a... A large margin and when that happens in the NBA what gets you back into it the three-pointer and he came out hot right off the start and kind of hit threes to get the game back into single digits and I think that gave the Cavs a chance and they just kind of worked their way back into it from there uh, the, the 15 points in the fourth quarter did come from all over the place though he had some ridiculous drives into the lane and had some acrobatic finishes and that's just what he does and when he's the second best player on your team at doing all those things to LeBron it just makes it too tough to stop and the Celtics let it slip away by a tiny little margin. Now, we know that the Cavs have a really good starting unit uh, but I thought the bench play I should, you know, I should actually say they do have Tristan Thompson, Deion Waiters and Mike Miller on coming pa- off the bench. On paper it looks solid like a solid, solid bench for but Cleveland but they I'm, didn't play well. I'm looking at just at the box score here, 12 points 12 points, 12 points and then 8 points coming from the Celtics bench. I mean yeah. the, be- the second unit was tremendous and it was Keeping them afloat, which has been a real issue for the Celtics, is that they were top-heavy for a while, and they couldn't keep themselves afloat when the second unit came out, Julian. Yeah, the bench has been kind of interesting this year, because some teams, you know, they look like one of the deeper teams in the NBA where there's not much drop-off from their starters, and then others, they seem kind of reliant on on the starters. And, you know, Marcus Smart out kind of hurts losing a key guy on the bench, but even so, the like Jared said, the bench 12, 12, and 8 for Bass, Turner, Thornton, and Zeller off the bench tonight. They were very productive, and, you know, they, they played well. They certainly outpaid, outplayed the Cleveland bench, but the Cleveland starters were too good. Yeah, and let's not uh, let's not underrate Dwight Powell's two seconds of playing time as well. He was absolutely uh, those were amazing two seconds. <laughs> we were trying to recall when those two seconds were. I think they were the last two seconds of the first half. That could be totally sure. wrong. Sometimes you need like, but but Tom. I mean, Marcus Smart's injury has opened up more opportunity for Turner to get into a point forward role Mm -hmm. and more opportunity for Marcus Thornton to be in a gunner role and a hustle guy role. And both of them flourished tonight. I mean, Turner, he had 12 points. He had five assists. Those are good numbers for Turner. Those are the kind of numbers you want to see out of him. And then Thornton, he just had some of those make a rain on them pose kind of threes. He did. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, he did. And he, uh, you know, he hit threes and got to the rim a little bit, too. He had a couple of layups as well. And that's, I mean, that's that's what you need to see from Thornton. You know, you want to see him really just that, just getting to the rim and shooting threes and literally nothing else. Like, no twos, no, like, long twos, nothing like that. Um, So I thought he played pretty well. Obviously, Turner played well. I think uh, 
Obviously, I think you would trade uh, Marcus Smart's defense for Turner's offensive contributions, just uh, in terms of you know how he, how you know throwing Smart on Irving might have changed things up a little bit. You know, maybe right. maybe that extra physicality would have made a difference. But um, all in all, you really can't say enough about what the bench did tonight. Brandon Bass again, you know. It's, it, it's just the same story with him every single game. It's not anything new. He came in, he was steady, he hit mid-range jumpers. And I think, uh, I think really you do, have to, you do have to say that the bench played pretty well. And, I mean, it's Brandon Bass. He's Mr. Reliable now. It's funny how that kind of evolves over time. You're reliable enough, more frequently enough, that you become Mr. Reliable all of yeah. a sudden. You kind of realize, oh, that guy really does that every single night. Uh, but Kelly Olynyk has become a really reliable offensive threat, Tom. He had 21 points a night. Um, he, he ended up with six rebounds, so he kind of got his rebounds up eventually. But he's shooting the ball well. He's stretching the floor. He's scoring from pretty much everywhere. He looks offensively comfortable, probably for the first time in his career. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's true. He he did look pretty comfortable last year as the season went on. Uh, you know, at, at, especially at the end uh, when they were playing bad Strong teams finish. and he was putting up 30 points against the 76ers. But. Uh, you know, he, he looked really good again tonight. He was, uh, you know, he can hit shots from deep. He's got that weird little Euro step uh, that's, I mean, it's weird to see a seven-footer do that at one mile an hour. Probably but like an Idaho step, I guess. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, uh, you know, he, he really did. He played well, and, uh, you know, he did not have, I think he just had one assist tonight, but he's always a threat. You know, he's always a threat to make that pass, to get that hockey assist, that secondary assist. Um, and that's, you know, that's what you want to see from him. 8 for 13 from the field, 2 for 5 from downtown, led the team in scoring, and, you know, we've kind of been liking what we see from Kelly Olynyk each and every night, and, you know, a lot of people at the end of last season were questioning those, you know, I think it was 3 or 4, 20 or 25 point games to wrap up the season, when he was getting a lot of minutes, they wanted to see how he would grow off of that this year, and so far it's been good, and a lot of people doubted that, and he's been proving them wrong. Uh, Tom, during the game, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter, I asked you, has Jared Solinger been playing at all in this half? I'm looking <laughs> down at the box score. He had 19 points and 10 rebounds and only 28 you minutes. Asked, you asked if Solinger had been playing in the second half when he had 11 points in the third quarter. It was what I found amusing. So I wasn't paying close but anyway. attention to one of the stories there. <laughs> the point was, I didn't really notice Jared Solinger a lot. I think it was, it was later in the fourth quarter, maybe, is that why? Because he wasn't playing a lot. But, I mean, Solinger had a, a, I thought, was a quiet game, but he still put up the big numbers. Double-double. Double, yeah. Right? He, he's becoming yep. almost a double-double machine. He isn't, he, I don't think he looks like the kind of guy that we thought he was going to be putting up these kind of numbers, but the numbers are showing up. They really are, and I mean, obviously, a lot of those numbers are, are going to be, you know, offensive rebounds, putbacks. Those are easy baskets, and he gets a lot of them. Um, you know, he even had that. He had a corner three today, which uh, was that's a big shot for him. Obviously, you know, we've we've been seeing that a little bit more. Um, but realistically, I think it's for him. It just really all comes down to getting rebounds, putting it back up, coming back down on the other end, and just kind of getting his fitness level up to where he can run to both sides of the court for. You know, what do you, what do you have, 20, 27, 28 minutes tonight? You'd like to see him be able to run a little bit more than that, um, especially in this offense that's so fast that, you know, there has so many possessions. Um, you'd like to see him be able to maybe be a little bit more durable and play a little bit longer. But realistically, I mean, that you know, tonight was another really good night for him. All right, well, that does it for the show. We'll be back for Monday's game. Uh, I want to thank Tom for joining us for the first time. You were pretty good. Thank you for having for, me. For, for your NBA uh, <laughs> debut there. Uh, for Jimmy Toscano, who is currently recovering from nasal surgery, I think he had a deviated septum. So, Jimmy, if you can breathe through your nose out there, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're supporting you. 
and we miss you, buddy. We can't wait to have you back. Julian, fun as always. I'm liking this herringbones uh, jacket here. It's pretty fancy. Thank so you. So that's going to do it for the Garden Report. We'll be back next week. Peace out.